game. You don't play to just play it. We've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Hello, and welcome to the Inside the Rams podcast, brought to you by the Southern California News Group. Reporting live from Atlanta, we are here at the Super Bowl, and I'm joined by Rams beat writer Rich Hammond. Rich, you're still alive. You're almost there. I think so. I haven't had a medical examination, but I'm still breathing, so that's a good thing. I still think I may have been slipped a a tab of LSD at media night, and I'm still kind of in this weird fever dream state since then. But uh, Did you eat one of those, like, crickets that that woman in the sombrero was serving? I was wondering about that. You know, she's giving these, like, fried crickets or whatever it is to players, and I'm like, have these been tested? And, I'd, like, I really don't want to write the story about how, like, Todd Gurley, you know, got suspended because he ate a tainted cricket. Like, that's really not something I want to write. I did see Michael Brockers eat one of those crickets, though. So if yeah. for some reason he mysteriously disappears from the game, Game, right. I think we can blame it on the woman in the sombrero. Yeah, cricket gate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, now that we're off to a good start on this podcast, uh, before we talk to the talk about the game, uh, which again we hear there is one at some point here, uh, let's just set the scene for our listeners. At just how weird this week has been. I know both of us have never been to the Super Bowl before. Uh, the Super Bowl has become just this gigantic spectacle. Like I said, it's kind of like this weird celebrity athlete fever dream uh, where the media is like somehow sprinkled in. Right. Um, I'm not sure really what it's meant to be, but uh, right. it uh, it's weird. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I guess the, it's like a convention almost. It's like, you know, you, you almost forget that there's a football game being played here because everything is just, you know, you wear these badges and you walk around and there's exhibits and, and everything and you almost feel like you're in the middle of like the NFL convention or something and it's hard to remember that there is actually going to be a football game played but hey you know what this is what the NFL wants I mean how many radio stations are here how many TV stations are here and and they're all talking about the NFL they're all going live from here so it, it really is a, a spectacle and, and it gives you if, if anybody you know, has never been to one, you know, coming to one really gives you an idea just of how big the NFL really is. It, it's really something to, to, you know, behold. Well, let's just put it this way. Uh, on the way into the media center, I walked past Luke Wilson next to the cast of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Ah. Then when I sat down, we both saw Patrick Mahomes right. and a Backstreet Boy yeah. come in to get free Jimmy John's from the media lounge. Right, and you know, you understand the Backstreet Boys, this isn't quite the 90s anymore, but you know, you think Patrick Mahomes might be able to score like, you know, something better, but I, I don't know. Jimmy John's is good. Uh, well, you know, you know my feelings about Jimmy John's, right. so I've made that abundantly clear. Right. But uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's get to the game. Because, like we said, we hear there is one happening. Uh, This is a game where, you know, the the Rams and Patriots obviously faced each other back in 2002. Um, That was the Super Bowl that kind of started the the Patriot era of dominance in the NFL. And it it gave us a little insight into the sort of things Bill Belichick is capable of doing uh, on the biggest stage. And to me, this game really comes down to Bill Belichick and Sean McVay. You're talking about... You know, new and old school of coaches in this league. Uh, and it just seems to me that the two of them are uniquely capable of, of adjusting to each other. So the Patriots are a little bit 
hotter, it seems like they've, they've been playing better over this past month than they had at any point in the season. The Rams went through a little bit of a lull at the end of the season uh, and seem to have come out of that. But it, really, between the two of them, it seems like we're going to see adjustments to the adjustments to the adjustments. It makes for one of the most unique coaching showdowns, I think, in Super Bowl history. Yeah, I agree. You've heard the Rams talk about it during the week, too, is you don't know which Patriots you're going to get. It's not like you can just study them on film and say, okay, this is what they do. This is what they're going to come out in. From week to week, they, they do different things. Some of the Rams defenders say, you know, there's basically like three different Patriots offenses, and, and you don't know which one you're going to get. And, and that's why those guys are so great and, and why they've done it uh, at such a consistent level for all these years. So you can look at the matchups. You can look at the players clearly. You know, what are Tom Brady's strengths, weaknesses? How do you want to try to attack the offensive line? How do you want to defend Julian Edelman? I mean, those things you can kind of get a get a you know your hands on. But in terms of what they're actually going to do and, and what kind of play calling, you know, are they going to pass a lot on first down? Are they going to you know what are they going to do? You don't know. You really don't know. There's they don't they're not predictable. And you can say a lot of that same thing about the Rams. You know, they they have not had the same offense all season. They haven't had the same defense all season. They've played more zone as, as the season has progressed. So it's hard to get a read on them too. We all know Sean McVay, you know, makes everything look the same. You line up in that 11 personnel and it looks like they're in the same formation the entire game pretty much, but yet they're able to do a lot of different things. So I agree. Uh, I think you talk about the skill of the players. I, I think they're the best. This game's really going to come down to, you know, which coach over these past two weeks has, has come up, has watched the more film and, and come up with those little wrinkles and those little uh, plays that they think can make the difference. Really make, to me, the, this first quarter is going to be really fascinating. Uh, funny enough, one of my favorite stats uh, to cite in terms of the Patriots and the Super Bowl is that they've actually never, in the Bill Belichick era, they have never scored a touchdown in the first quarter of a Super Bowl, wow. which is wild to me, but it shows you that Bill Belichick, really, that first quarter is about feeling each other out. You know, he'll obviously come out uh, you know, with his strategy, but that strategy could change by yeah. easily by halftime. Uh, and in the same way, he'll be watching for what Sean McVay does, and you know, it creates this real showdown that I, I, I just find so fascinating. But in terms of if you're Sean McVay in this situation, I guess, let's talk about what the blueprint is to beating what at least what we think the Patriots will do. And I know the Rams have made it pretty clear, at least defensively this week, that they're focusing a lot on stopping the run. Uh, now, I know I, I mentioned that on Twitter and people started to freak out like, oh my God, shouldn't they focus on stopping Tom Brady? Uh. But obviously they're, they're focusing on stopping Tom Brady. But first and foremost, uh, the Patriots have been a power run heavy team in this in these playoffs I mean they they've been running out of 21 personnel with James Devlin the fullback uh, more I think over the last few months than any other team in the NFL and in and it, it shows what they're able to do when they're able to run the ball in losses this season they've only been able to run the ball for 76.8 yards per game in their 13 wins that number doubles to 152.6 yards so it's really crucial to be able to stop that, but you know, not many people have been able to stop Sony Michelle in the playoffs. 
No, and I think it is, you know, to hear them talk so much about stopping the run. I agree, you know, and then it's not to discredit Tom Brady or that that's not important. It is important. But, I mean, just look back two weeks ago, you know, that what did the Rams do? How many rushing yards did Kamara and Ingram have? I think it was like 50-something total. Yeah. And that, to me, is you stop that first, and it makes it difficult for everything else. The Patriots are so good on third down. I think I don't have the stats in front of me, but they are excellent on, on third down percentage. And that can make a difference. If they're running the ball well on first and second down and they're getting third and three and third and two as opposed to third and eight, that makes a big, big difference when you get into those third down situations and you want Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue to start going after you know Tom Brady. So I, I do think that's where it starts and and those guys aren't as high profile Sony Michelle and James White I mean they're not you know the, the big names that, that maybe the, the Rams have seen before but I think you look at those past two games you know even the Dallas game what they did to Ezekiel Elliott and it's almost like you, you take that out and and you make a team one-dimensional and they're a lot easier to defend uh, now the Patriots can still beat you in a lot of different ways I, I, I think they're going to try to test those Rams cornerbacks you know maybe with some deep balls uh, and, and see if they can back those guys off a little bit. But if, if, they can, if the Rams can play the type of run defense that they have in the past two games, I think that'll be a huge, huge edge for them. Michelle is certainly where that starts, and I, I think we'll see in that first quarter, like we were saying, that they're definitely going to be uh, you know, giving, handing the ball off to him early on first and second down to create shorter third down opportunities. But I actually think it's another running back in this game that poses the biggest issues for the Rams defense, and that's James White. Uh, he hasn't necessarily been as an effective of a weapon uh, as he's proven in the past, as Michelle has kind of risen to prominence over this past month. But I mean, in the, he scored three touchdowns in their last Super Bowl, or two Super Bowls ago. This is a guy who's capable of of having a huge game like that. And we saw last week, and I know Bill Belichick has seen since then that when Corey Littleton was matched up against Alvin Kamara one-on-one, Kamara just destroyed him. I mean, Littleton admitted after the game, you know, he was gassed when at the end of that drive. I think it was one drive they threw to him four or five times. Right. I could see Bill Belichick, you know, using that same exact strategy with James White, who might not be as dynamic as Kamara, but when you get those linebackers on their toes, they're worried about defending the running back as a receiver, that's when you then go back to Sony Michelle, who can then right. get back to that power run game. Yeah, it's an interesting team for the Rams to defend because, yeah, I do think it presents some matchup problems. Just I agree with everything you said. And, and then you add Rob Gronkowski into the mix, too. And how do you defend that? I mean, the, the Patriots are so good with those guys. You think about their receivers, and, and yeah, they have Edelman, who's in the slot. So what do you do with him? Do you put Nikel Roby on him? Do you put keep Tlaib on him what do you do with Gronkowski it's almost like you, th you think about their receivers and you go well who are their receivers you know other than <laughs> other than Edelman I, you know Chris Hogan is there uh, you know but uh but the, their threats are, are that running back and their threats are the tight end. I mean, those are the big ways that they that they move the ball down the field. And, yeah, if they can get those guys matched up against Rams linebackers and, and get them out in space, that, that could be a big problem. So I'll be very, very interested to see how Wade Phillips – what his thoughts are on that and how he tries to match up against guys because it's, it's really not a traditional uh, you know, type of offense that, that you're used to facing. And the thing about the Rams' defense, you know, for, for how great Wade Phillips is strategically, their personnel doesn't, isn't necessarily 
very versatile. Right. When you think about Nikel Roby Coleman, if you're going to be you know, in nickel and dime sets, he's not a guy you want defending against the run. Right. I mean, right. if Sony Michelle is coming downhill against Nikel Roby Coleman, which they will try to, to make that matchup happen, right. I don't like the Rams' chances there. Yeah. And also, you know, with, their, with the Patriots personnel, they can come out with Devlin and they can they can motion Gronkowski into the slot. Yeah. They can take Edelman right. out wide. So you're you're putting the Rams defense in in really difficult situations and that leads kind of perfectly into the next thing I wanted to talk about which is getting pressure on Tom Brady is going to be crucial in this game because if you're not able to do that, they will outscheme you with their personnel. Even though I would say the Rams personnel-wise I would say the Rams actually have a better team than the Patriots do and the Patriots you know for three quarters of the season didn't look like a Super Bowl caliber team but you know over this last month they've kind of realized how best to use the personnel that they have and and the key part of that has been Brady just has not been under pressure at all in the playoffs he hasn't been sacked a single time Uh, in terms of just pressure in general he's only been pressured on 15.6 percent of their pass plays, that's less than half of any other quarterback in the entire playoffs. I mean, the Chargers and Chiefs, and it's it's not like they're going up against teams that don't pressure the quarterback. They beat the Chargers and Chiefs, right. two of the best pass rushing teams in the NFL. Combined, they had 90 sacks this season, and neither of them were able to get to Tom Brady at all. Right. And it seems like if that's going to be the case, Tom Brady is he's going to have a field day against a, a, a Rams defense that at times has shown vulnerabilities against the pass. Yeah, I think he's got to come up the middle, you know, uh, Tom Brady. And, and, you know, we're going to circle back to Indomitian Sue and, and what a talking point he's been here over the, you know, the past couple of games and how well he's played. I, I don't think Tom Brady is so good at just he has that, you know, that inner clock in, in his head. And I know all quarterbacks do, but just watching him in that in that Kansas City game, it's almost like he, he just he feels it. You know, he doesn't even have to look. And, and if that pressure is is just going to come from the outside, he's going to see it in his periphery and just get rid of the ball. He is so, so good at just getting rid of that ball at the right time. So I I think if you're going to cause him some problems, it's got to come right up the middle. You can't even give him time to see what's coming or to, you know, make a step to the left or to the right. You've just got to get right in his face. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether the Rams can do that. I mean, obviously they're going to double team Aaron Donald. Every team has done it all year. Uh, He's still been able to get pressure. Uh, I know the sacks haven't been there, but he has had a huge impact on those two playoff wins. And then again, I think a lot of it comes down to Sue. If if the Rams get the type of effort that they got from Sue against the Cowboys and against the Saints, I think they can do that. They got pressure on Drew Brees. Drew Brees is not a guy who's used to facing a lot of pressure either or taking a lot of sacks. And it wasn't that they were knocking him down every other play, but they were in his face and they were taking away just a tiny bit of that time, a tiny bit of that space and making him a little less comfortable and that's what you need to do I mean I think you know the Eagles did it a little bit to, to Tom last year um, it was still a high scoring game but you know they just maybe took him out just a just a little little bit off of his game and really that's the best you can hope for mm-hmm. I think you, you can't expect to go in and say oh we're going to shut down Tom Brady we're just going to sack him and we're gonna it's not going to happen you know you, you just have to hope that you can maybe take him 15% off of his game and that, that that's enough. So I think the Rams have the personnel to do it. I think they have the scheme to do it. But like you just said, Kansas City couldn't do it. The Chargers couldn't do it. So, you know, the Rams are going to have to do something really special. Where the Rams are different than those two teams, though, 
is the fact that they're able to create that pressure on the inside yeah. more so than the Chiefs, who are, are all about the outside. Same with the Chargers with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Uh, but the one the one place where I think you can take advantage of Tom Brady, and he's he's shown a little bit this, this year that he's been more prone to interceptions and making some mistakes. Yeah. You know, he threw two interceptions uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, obviously, they didn't take advantage, but... You know, Brady threw 11 interceptions this season. It was the highest interception rate of his entire career. So there are some vulnerabilities there. He and we we mentioned it. We don't even n- barely know who their receivers are. Like right, if right. if he has to hold on to the ball because you know the secondary working with the defensive line is you know holding down in man coverage, which they've been better at yeah. over these past six weeks then you can force him into mistakes. But it really does all come back to that interior. And Indomitian Sue, like I said, we, we've mentioned him so many times this week, but I, I do believe that he's playing at a level right now that, that he will sustain. I, he's kind of – I always thought it was a motivation issue with him. It, it, I mean, I don't want to say he's not trying hard, but obviously he is. But he really has reached this next level uh, over this past these past few weeks that – you know, it, it's kind of made it worth it, I would say, what they paid him uh, on this one-year contract. But the problem with creating that interior pressure, while Brady is the sort of guy who's going to sit in the pocket and step up on the interior, the interior of the Patriots' offensive line is the best part of their offensive line. Ideally, you want to attack their tackles, but Shaq Mason, uh, who will probably be facing up against Aaron Donald most of the game, uh, has been a Pro Bowl caliber guard. He's been one of the best run-blocking guards, at least, uh, in the NFL this season. So if you're able to create that pressure, if you're able to put the Patriots into third and long situations, then you might have a chance. All of that said, Tom Brady still converted three third and tens in overtime to beat the Chiefs. Like, eventually, you're just, it's a four, you know, this is Tom Brady. This is the best quarterback of all time. You're going to give up some yards through the air. That's just inevitable. If you can make them one-dimensional, though, I think that's the that's the way to beat this team for sure. Yeah, and you have to take advantage of those opportunities. You can't. What was it? The Dallas game where you know Samson Abicam, you know, dropped the interception, mm. things like that. You cannot do that mm. because, like you said, they 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 will maybe give you a couple opportunities a game where you can make a play and, and do something special. And if they do give you those opportunities, you absolutely better take advantage of it. I'll be real curious to see what the what Wade does with the secondary. You know, we've talked about you know man versus versus zone and I, I don't know I, I think the, the way to handle those guys may might be to press them a little bit more now what does that mean for Mar- a guy like Marcus Peters I don't know uh, I think Akib would be fine with that uh, you know maybe it's it's certain depending on down and distance and that sort of thing but uh, it'll be real curious because yeah you can you can make Tom make some mistakes uh, but again you you better take advantage of every single one because th- there aren't going to be many who do you think they'll match up with Gronk I I keep going back and forth on this. I, yeah. I know we actually talked to a Patriots writer earlier who was saying, you know, I wonder if Aqib Talib will end up matching up on Gronk. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe Wade has some tricks up his sleeve to, to take away a guy like that. But Gronk, who for most of the season did not look like Rob Gronkowski, the, at least the Gronkowski that we know. Right. But over these past few weeks, he's really turned it on. It, it's clear, you know, they've been saving him for the playoffs. They've been trying to keep him a little healthier. They're going to unleash him in this game. There's no game right. after this. So right. 
I think we'll see Gronk at his his highest level uh, in this one. And I, I've been going back and forth on how you want to defend him because obviously you don't want him matched up against LaMarcus Joyner. Right. Uh, Joyner has struggled defending guys in the seam like that. Right. Uh, maybe John Johnson is a guy who maybe who will match up more, you know, man to man on Gronk. Maybe like we said, Talib can come down, but you know, maybe they push Gronk to the outside and they, they match him up against Marcus Peters. I mean, yeah. if you're the Patriots, that's a matchup I love. Yeah. Uh, and you can just throw it up against Marcus Peters, and Gronkowski is just too physical for him to handle. So yeah. I, I go back and forth. I have no idea what they're going to do with that. And I, I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Gronk has two touchdowns in this game because they, they keep feeding him the ball right. if they find a mismatch. Yeah, I, I would go with the keep. I, I really would. And again, like you said, it's not all, you can't just stick to that plan all the time. They're, they're going to try to move him around and, and get different matchups and such. But I, I just think he's too important. Uh, you, you have to put your best on him. I mean, just the way that he's able to take advantage of, of all that space and, and he's so good at you know, tracking balls and, and bringing them down. I, I think you have to put your best on him. And look, the Rams, it's funny. I look at the stats. It's almost like a disconnect because you know, some, I looked at some of the stats that said, well, they, they, you know, they've just been okay against tight ends uh, but my memories are just of them getting beat so many times I mean who was the guy uh, Garrett Griffin um, I, I honestly I will be completely honest with you I did not know who Garrett Griffin was I would have lost that that bet if you would have asked me who he was but you know he's out there making plays in in the Saints game and I'm like that, that could be a problem and I was thinking ahead to the Super Bowl going you know next they're gonna have to face Rob Gronkowski so you look at some of those matchups, okay, you know, what do you do with Edelman? Do you think Nikel can, can handle him? You know, I, I think that's a matchup you, you're okay. And, you know, we can get into Nikel maybe, but I think he's going to be a pretty motivated guy in this game. Um, so maybe you're confident with that. But then, then what do you do with Aqib Tlaib? You know, do, do you leave him on a receiver who, you know, chances are isn't going to be a real high-target high receiver? Or do you, do you put him on, on the, the big guy? And, and to me, that's what I do. But it, the, the, the matchups, like you said, are just going to be fascinating, especially when you talk about what they can do with James White and, and all the guys that they can move around. I, it, it's a really, really interesting uh, a, a tactical uh, game. I agree. If Philip Dorsett and Chris Hogan are the ones beating you right. in this game, I feel pretty good if I'm Sean McVay. You got to take your chances with that, yeah. right? I mean, you can't, you can't, and again, not, this is sound disrespectful to those guys, but you can't, that can't be your worry. You, you have to worry about the guys who can, who can really do some damage. Yeah, and, you know, Julian Edelman can do that too. I, yeah. I think that's where we'll see Nikel. But yeah. uh, we talk about taking away, you know, these important guys, and it, it kind of gets back to the strategy that Bill Belichick is actually popularized in that 2002 Super Bowl. Uh, back in that game, it, the strategy was kind of born in which Belichick became known for taking away an offense's best player. Uh, they focused on containing Marshall Falk in that game, who had brought arguably the best season of his career, a Hall of Fame career. Uh, he did end up with 21 touches, 130 yards in that game, but he never really made that big of an impact. They they held him back. They try, The Rams tried to get him the ball a lot. It wasn't there. And that ended up being why Kurt Warner had such a hard time yeah. beating that Patriots defense. So I guess that brings us to this game in which I think the Rams are actually uniquely capable of overcoming that strategy mm -hmm. just because they are the most hyper-balanced offense, I would say, in the NFL. Mm -hmm. There's not one guy that they're relying on to carry the load. Now, you, you could say Todd Gurley is obviously the guy, but 
you know, he had four carries for 10 yards last week. Right. And they still beat the Saints, who were the favorite to come out of the NFC uh, in the playoffs. So Mc, Sean McVay has learned how to use all of his weapons on offense. And I think that creates a really interesting situation in which Bill Belichick can't just take away one guy because there's another guy waiting in the wings to, to take that place. Yeah, you look at that last drive or the fourth quarter uh, against of the Saints game and maybe even to overtime, they were throwing the ball to Josh Reynolds and Gerald Everett. I mean, that was like, I, I don't have the targets in front of me, but that's who they were looking at. And you're going, wow, they're in the fourth quarter and overtime of the NFC Championship. And then they're throwing the ball to these two basically rookies or second year guys. So, yeah, I, I agree. If they, you know, the fact that Jared has confidence in those guys and, and that Sean isn't afraid to, you know, call plays for those guys, yeah, it does. It, it makes it hard to say, okay, yeah, you're going to take Todd Gurley out of the game? Okay, we'll, we'll find somebody else um, I, I do think that's the focus though I mean I've, I've looked at some of the you know some of the next generation stats and things like that the Patriots are pretty good at stopping the run up the middle um, and that could be a problem for CJ Anderson so yeah. uh, I don't know whether he's going to be you know that that was kind of the thing in the New Orleans game is okay Todd really wasn't you know having an impact early they were able to put CJ in there he was picking up at least you know four or five yards he was pushing the pile a little bit I don't know whether you can count on that in this game. Maybe you can. Maybe maybe CJ is just that good right now that he could do that. But I really think that focus needs to be on Todd Gurley. You need to get him involved. I think you need to throw him the ball too, uh, get get that screen game going a little bit, and not just in predictable situations, but maybe even on first down or something like that to, to really get him going. And then that, that opens up everything else. So uh, I, I think the focus for the Patriots probably will be on Todd Gurley. But you know, if Jared Goff starts connecting with Josh Reynolds and starts connecting with Higby, Everett, some of these guys, uh, I agree they, they are uniquely qualified to, to, to kind of bust that Patriots model of we're, we're going to take away what you do best because what the Rams do best is, isn't the same every week. It's different every week. Yeah, the Patriots defense actually, their, their biggest vulnerability is similar to the Rams in that their inside linebackers aren't necessarily the fastest or most athletic group. So when you talk about Todd Gurley on short passes going up against those guys, yeah. that seems like something you can take advantage of. Granted, whenever we say they can take advantage of something, Bill Belichick has already thought of this, sure. plus the response, plus his response to that <laughs> to response. response yeah. So I, I, it's easy enough to say that this would work, but he already knows it will. Yeah. So they're going to do something to account for that. But I agree. I, you know, Someone asked me on a radio interview, uh, a couple days ago, how big of an impact C.J. Anderson would have. And I thought to myself, I wouldn't be surprised if he has 10 yards rushing in this right, game. Right. I just don't think he's going to be a centerpiece of this offense. I actually think, now I don't think, I don't know if the Rams actually thought of this ahead of time, but it worked out brilliantly in the Rams' favor that Todd Gurley has had such a diminished role over this past month. Absolutely. You've almost lulled defenses to sleep in mm -hmm. thinking that, you know, they forget what Todd Gurley can actually do. Uh, Todd Gurley's pretty good. He's shown in the past that he's, you know, capable of having a huge game, and I, and Sean McVay has made it pretty clear that he wants to get him more involved. Now, we don't actually know what's up with Todd Gurley. No. Was he hurt? It's kind of a mystery still. I mean, it seems to me like he should be healthy for this game, right, after two weeks off? You would think. I mean, really, the past month. I mean, he, he didn't play the last two regular season games, so that started, you know, like what, December 16th, I think, was the first game that he didn't play and didn't play on the 23rd and then, you know, had some 
pretty good amount of carries against Dallas. But really, I mean, how many touches has he had over the past month and a half? It's not very many. So you would think that from a freshness standpoint, he, he should be ready ready to go. It's, it's one of those things everybody wants to know. How's Todd Gurley's knee? How's Todd? We don't know, okay? I mean, it's not – nobody's hiding any information. It's what's going on behind the scenes. We have no idea. I've, I've told people there's, there's a difference between lying and not telling the full truth. Now, I don't think the Rams have been lying, but I don't know whether they've been telling the full truth. And that's one of the things that maybe we'll find out after the season, you know, if, if anything comes out of that. Todd Gurley has a knee scope yeah, in yeah, March. Yeah, just, yeah, how, how about that, you know? So you, you don't know. The other thing is, I mean, everybody has something. I mean, you, you get to, you know, whatever this is, game 18 now, or game 19, I guess, and you're not going to be 100%. So Todd Gurley's not 100%. The offensive linemen aren't 100%. Brandon Cooks isn't 100%. I mean, everybody is not what they were when the training camp started. So there's a little bit of that factor. But I agree. I mean, you, you couldn't have set it up any better, really, in terms of that Saints game. Not only was Todd Gurley kept fresh because he didn't play very much, but the Patriots really can't look at that game tape and say, okay, this is what – you almost have to throw that out. Because unless you think that Todd Gurley's only going to have five touches again, which I don't think anybody thinks that. So that, that's a, that game is almost a wash in terms of, of watching it for strategy. So, so yeah, if, if the Rams can come up with something that is centered around Todd Gurley or, you know, getting him the ball early, they can do something out there that they haven't put on tape really since, you know, maybe November or maybe early December. The biggest advantage, in my opinion, in this game for the Rams is is that line up front. I mean, yeah. you're talking about the best, according to Pro Football Focus, the best run-blocking line in the NFL. So that is a huge advantage. I do think they'll be leaning on that. And the Patriots' front seven isn't, you know, the stoutest group. Right. Uh, I would argue that it was probably one of the worst front sevens in the NFL playoffs. Right. Granted, Bill Belichick, again, has been able to adjust for that. He's been... You know, he's uh, used a unique set of blitzes and just uh, stunts that have confused offensive lines. But when you're talking about the Rams offensive line, they seem pretty uniquely capable to handle that. Yeah, I, uh, you, you have to feel good about them right now. There's, there's that weird little stretch there, you know, where you kind of went, what's going on with these guys? You know, it's almost like they lost the script a little bit. But then they've come back, and, and the two playoff games, they've just been phenomenal. And, uh, you know, you, you talk to Andrew Whitworth, and, and you know, he says, oh, I, I feel fresh right now. I feel like I feel fine, you know, not like 37 years old, and I've played 18 football games. But uh, Well, like, he's a mutant, so that's He is, a... yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think those guys are on top of it right now. And and you have to feel good about that. Um, teams can, I think teams can move the ball on the Patriots if you kind of, you know, we talked about maybe CJ can't run it straight up the gut, but but if you get those edges, if, if Whitworth and Havenstein are able to kind of, you know, uh, set some edges there, and guys can bounce out, and that's what Todd Gurley does so well. He can he can read it and say, hey, you know, I need to stutter step left or, or cut left or cut right and, and find that hole. And those guys have been opening up holes. And, uh, you know, you have to feel good about that. Pass protection's been good. Um, you, you have to feel good about that Rams offensive line right now. I wonder if, you know, over the last month or so, we've seen the Rams run a little bit more out of 12 personnel, yeah. too, with two tight ends, uh, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett going being on the, on the field at the same time. Now, they've used that a lot with C.J. Anderson just to be able to yeah. create more of a power run look. But 
I wonder if they they pass out of that a little bit more, and you know maybe one of those guys stays in to, as an extra blocker. Uh, it's another possible I don't know schematic change they could use to take advantage uh, of that Patriots defense, especially the middle of it. But you know we I think we've gone long enough without talking about Jared Goff. I know he's going to be one of the ma- major storylines in this game. Huge. I know huge. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots. You know, the Patriots beat Corey. Anytime I've talked to any of those writers, they're all convinced that Jared Goff is going to fall apart on the biggest stage. And I, I know that will be, you know, one of the things that we'll, be, we'll all be looking for in this game. How well does he, does he respond to the biggest stage of his entire life? And, you know, against a guy like Bill Belichick, I, there are concerns. I mean, right. he, he, he's one of the youngest quarterbacks to ever play in, in the Super Bowl. And while he's shown over the last couple of games that you know he's he can't be rattled quite like he used to be still he like most quarterbacks he's worse when he's under pressure so it it seems to me like Bill Belichick is going to find unique ways to uh, blitz extra guys to confuse the offensive line uh, to take advantage of the fact that the Rams passing plays usually are pretty long developing. This isn't like the Patriots pass offense where Tom Brady gets the ball out in two seconds and right. you don't even have a chance to get to him. Right. There are chances to get to Jared Goff. That Rams offense relies on the line holding long enough that they can get play action off. They can uh, wait for receivers to get open on deep crossing routes. And if you don't have that time, then I don't yeah. know that, I mean, Jared Goff isn't Tom Brady yet. He he's not uh, right. he's not reading the defense to know where these guys are going to be right. on quick routes quite like Brady is. Right, and it, I I would add you know just circling back to what I said before about Brady and you know how you want to bring pressure up the middle because he's so good at kind of sensing where that outside pressure is coming from. I if I had one criticism, Jared, I don't think he's there yet in terms of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you talked about those longer developing plays, and that's when he gets in trouble is he doesn't maybe sense you know Andrew Whitworth <laughs> as good as he is. You can't hold a guy off forever, mm-hmm. and I think Jared maybe hangs in there a little bit too long, and that's when you see some of those strip sacks, which have popped up at times this year. He he need Jared needs his internal clock to, to be sped up a little bit to say, hey, yeah, I trust Andrew Whitworth, I trust Rob Havenstein, but I can't stand here forever. At some point, I got to get rid of the ball, or I've got to dump it off to a tight end, or something like that. Um, so that's where I would expect the Patriots to try to attack him, is just kind of bringing that outside pressure and and you know hoping that that he holds on to the ball a little bit too long and, and then of course you're dependent on your secondary you know and then but the Patriots DBs also are real good about physical play too you know they're they're not afraid to kind of toe that line in terms of bumping guys or grabbing guys or what have you so if they're able to get away with that stuff and they're able to you know hold up those those Rams receivers at the line of scrimmage throw off that rhythm that timing a little bit um, and then you try to get after Jared Goff I certainly think that'll be the formula for Bill Belichick and and that is the way that that Jared has gotten into trouble before. It's interesting to me and I'm actually writing about this soon after the podcast but I I feel like the jet sweep jet motion plays a huge role in this game and I someone asked Bill Belichick about it earlier in the week and he said he called the he called the Rams offense inhospitable in terms (laughs) of scheme yeah (laughs) Uh, and he's he laid it out perfectly I think in that you linebackers get their their eyes crossed yeah. when these plays are happening and it's happened so quickly especially with the Rams their timing has been so good uh they've been able to use that jet sweep better than any other team in the NFL they've used it more than anyone else 
and there's so many layers of deception added onto it. There's, yeah. there's really no good way to counter it as a defense, even if you're Bill Belichick. So I think, you know, we'll see Mc, Sean McVay try to get the, the Patriots defense eyes crossed like that. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we see Brandon Cooks carry the ball three times for 40 yards, right. and that can make a huge difference. Brandon Cooks especially, he's one of the guys in this game where I'm worried he is going to be in a situation where he's not going to – he's not really going to be available and that I think they're going to man him up with Stephon Gilmore for most of the game. Gilmore, like you mentioned, in terms of physical corners, he's been the best cover corner in the NFL this year, according to Pro Football Focus. I think they put him on Brandon Cooks just because – he is such a unique weapon in terms of stretching the field that he opens up the middle of the field for yeah. the other receivers. Yeah. So if you take him away, all of a sudden the middle of the field is a little bit more clogged up than it would have been otherwise. Yeah, and that's where you feel the loss of Cooper Cup too. Is you know, and, and Josh Reynolds stepped in, t- you know, tough situation. He doesn't have a lot of experience, but when when you had you know Cup with Brandon Cooks with Robert Woods, those guys, it was like a puzzle. They just fit together so well, and mm-hmm. they, the skill sets are not the same. You know, they they do different things well but yeah you just mentioned Cooks you know able to go deep take the top off the defense you know Robert Woods so good at working the sideline you know great hands Cooper Cup can do a little bit of both he could you know be that guy in the middle and make the tough catch over the middle but he could also beat you deep down the field so it's like when you take Cooper Cup out of that you take a piece out of the puzzle and it mm-hmm. doesn't quite look the same anymore and and I think since he's been gone uh, you didn't see it so much immediately in that Kansas City game that was just a you know wild west game but but ever since then I think I think you've seen teams kind of go okay we're not going to get beat by Brandon Cooks. We're not going to we're not going to give up 70-yard touchdowns to Brandon Cooks. And I think the Rams have adjusted a little bit. Uh, I thought last week they, they or two weeks ago they you know they did a pretty good job with him on you know whether it's some of those run plays or, or just you know making him available in shorter routes or or in different things like that. I, I think they've realized the importance of getting the ball into his hands and that they're just not going to be able to bomb it to him maybe the way that they did in the first half of the season. So yeah, I think it's going to be the challenge there and that those jet sweeps are a great way to do that and and like you said to, to, you know Jared is is looking at those linebackers when that's happening and going okay which way are they looking which way are they leaning you know how's this going to develop and then trying to run his his play or his his reads based on that so yeah I love that I you know that that's important for them play action I think is important for them too to to try to you know keep keep the Patriots off balance a little bit try to get that rhythm uh, back in in the uh, in the Rams offense so I, I think the uh, I think the template is there for the Rams you know based on things that they've done in the past but again it goes back to what we started at is you, you have to get the right game plan and uh, you, you have to have the perfect strategy to beat Bill, Bill Belichick there are so many layers to this that I, I feel like just looking at how I would attack this game, I can understand why lesser coaches just fall apart when they try to face Bill yeah. Belichick because it's this game is happening on so many different levels. Yeah. He's thinking two quarters ahead yeah. before you know before the game even starts. So, right. I you know we I think we've broken down most of the position, most of the uh, strategic matchups in this game. If you had to choose an X factor, someone who might come out of nowhere to, to play a huge role in this game, who, who would you say that would be for the Rams? 
Gerald Everett, you know, just because I, I think he has that ability. You, you talk about, uh, you know, matchup problems. I mean, he, he's a guy you can do a lot of different things with. They've run jet sweeps with him. I don't mm -hmm. think it's looked particularly good, but, <laughs> but they've tried it at least. It's uh, on you know, film. It, so it's... it is on film. It's something that they have to watch. But I, I really like his ability. You, know, you, you talk about a guy who can do different things. I mean, he's, he's almost like a receiver out there. And, you know, not only can he give you that, you know, those kind of tough short catches as a tight end, he, he can get down the field and, and make plays. So, you know, maybe if you're talking about, oh, they're, you know, they're trying to take away Brandon Cooks, they're trying to do this to the receivers, that's a guy you can sneak out there. And, and if you get the right matchup, uh, he can make a big play for you. And, and he's done it in the past, and he had a couple really good catches in that uh, NFC title game. So, uh, to me, you know, we, we know all the other Rams weapons, but, but he's a guy that, that I think could, could make an impact. I'll go to the other side of the ball. Two guys who we haven't talked about yet who – I find their role in this game interesting. First of which being Mark Barron, who's probably most likely playing in his last game for the Rams, just given the way his contract situation works out. They can save quite a bit of money by cutting him after the season. He hasn't necessarily been the sort of inside linebacker that's been as successful as they'd, they'd like him to be. But in this game and in the playoffs, he's actually been a better run defender than he was for most of the season. And, you know, whether that has to do with having Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald in front of him playing at their highest level, I don't know. But when you're when we talk about James White, who for the Patriots, I think, is their X, X factor. Yeah. Barron is a guy who could match up against James White quite a bit, especially when you're un, maybe a little uncomfortable with Corey Littleton doing that. Yeah. Mark Barron was a converted safety. He's the type of guy who who will have to play a huge role in stopping the run and yeah. uh, in the short passing game. Yeah. And I think those are two things that uh, they really need to do to keep the Patriots from, from exploiting their defense. And, uh, you know, thinking a little bit to the outside, I think Dante Fowler could have a big game in this game. Now, I know it's been difficult for defenses to get to Tom Brady from the edge, but in Fowler's case, he actually has a pretty good history against Tom Brady. Yep. Uh, in the AFC Championship game a year ago, uh, he got to Tom Brady twice. He had arguably his best game as a pro in that game. And he seems to be playing on another level right now. I think of anyone in this game who can earn a ton of money by playing really yeah. well, it's probably Dante Fowler. Um, I talked to him a couple days ago, and you know, I think he's aware of, uh, yeah. of how much he can earn in this game. Yeah. I also think, you know, he, he said it a lot, and you can, uh, shameless plug, you can read on ocregister.com about, you know, how he's overcome a lot over the last few years, but uh, he's really found his place on this defense over the past month, and, you know, whether he just impacts the game by forcing them to account for him, which leaves Aaron Donald and Ndamukong Sue a little bit more open in the middle, or whether he's able to, you know, create pressure, which forces Tom Brady into mistakes, uh, I think in some way he's going to have an impact on this game. Uh, if you're the Rams, where are you most worried in this game? Um, I'm probably worried about turnovers. Um, that's a big thing. They, they were able to, you know, limit that in the playoffs. I, I am worried about Jared Goff, you know, throwing, throwing a turnover or throwing an interception in, in a difficult situation. So uh, I think the margin for error is going to be really small. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. And, and I do think it's it might come down to, you know, who takes care of the ball better. Um, I do worry about some of those matchups um, with the Patriots offense. Uh, I think the Rams will be able to score. Um, I do. I, I don't, you know, I don't think it'll be easy. 
but but I think they have the, the players and the kind of the template to, to be able to do it. Uh, I, I think the question is, you know, whether or not they can shut down Gronkowski, whether or not they can count for for James White. I, I think they'd be really comfortable playing a game like they played last week against, or I keep saying last week, but two <laughs> weeks ago against the Saints, where it wasn't in the 40s, it wasn't even in the 30s. It was a lower scoring game where you know you know every stop was was important, and uh, I, I think they'd be they'd be more comfortable maybe in a game like that than, than they would going in thinking, hey, we have to score 40 points to win this game. But Rich, Jared's so even keel, though. I've heard that. Yeah. It's just that Cali chill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I've mentioned it quite a bit uh, already, but I think those inside linebackers are, are the vulnerability that Bill Belichick's going to go after yeah. from start to finish. And I don't know what you do if you're Sean McVay schematically to take that away. You have to have them on the field because if you don't, James Devlin is going right. to plow through the center and Tony Michelle is going to run the ball 30 times. So you're going to have to play with Barron and Corey Littleton. They're just going to have to have the best games of their careers to make yeah. this work. And so. you mentioned John Johnson, too. I'm curious to see how they use him. It's a guy with a you know, pretty good skill set, too. And he's even been a, he played cornerback in college. So mm-hmm. he's a guy who's able to do a lot of different things. So, so he might be kind of, uh, again, X factor in terms of uh, how you use him in some of those coverages. All right, Rich, we've come to the end. The moment of truth. Yeah. What's your score prediction? Uh, sorry, folks. I, I did pick the Patriots. You know, I, I think I said 35, 34. Um, it, it's a coin flip to me. It really is. I, I think it'll be close into the fourth quarter. Again, I, like I said, I, I think it'll come down to whoever makes a mistake uh, late. And that, look, that's exactly what happened against the Saints. What, what, well, other than, you know, the play. But, but what happened there? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. There was, there was this whole play. We'll get into it another time. Never heard uh, of it. Yeah. But, you know, what happened there in overtime? You know, Drew Brees made the mistake. He threw an interception and, and that turned the game. Um, so I, I feel like maybe something similar happens here. I think it's close throughout. I think it does go down to the last two minutes. I, I just give the edge to the Patriots just because they've been here so much. And I know it's such a cliche. But, but nothing that happens on Sunday is going to surprise them. Nothing is going to phase them. They've literally seen everything in the Super Bowl. So I just think in a tight game like that, you know, that could make a difference. You could tell even just seeing them throughout the week that they've done this before. Right. They're almost uh, bored. Yeah. <laughs> it, they're the only ones on Tuesday night at media night who are like, oh, okay. Right. These flashing lights and blaring music are exactly what we expected. Right. Uh, so for me, I actually picked the Rams. In this one, I, although I will, I will qualify that with the fact that every single time I've picked against Tom Brady in my entire life, <laughs> I've failed. Yeah. So sorry, Rams. Yeah, I, right. I, guess I, I guess I screwed it for you already. But I just think this game is decided in the trenches, and I think the Rams just have too much of an advantage over the Patriots in that regard. Bill Belichick has been able to make up for that uh, schematically by doing some things that confuse people. But Sean McVay and, and Wade Phillips have shown over the course of this year and last year that they're able to account for those. They're able to make in-game adjustments. I trust that they'll be able to do that in this game. I feel very scared picking against Bill Belichick hmm. and expecting Sean McVay to outcoach him in this game. That's a tough sell. But at the same time, I do think the Rams take a lead early. I think they hold on to it for most of the game. I think Tom Brady comes back at the end and makes it very nerve-wracking. But I think I, I put this game at 34-31 uh, with the Rams holding on to that league lead at the end. And 
I guess, Rich, before we go, who's your MVP if uh, if the Patriots win? I, I think I have a guess as to who it might yeah, be. Yeah, I, I think Tom Brady gets it. I mean, <laughs> doesn't a quarterback always get it? But, yeah, I, I think if they win the game, it's because of Tom Brady. So uh, that's where I'd expect it to go. And on the other end, I think if the Rams win this game, I think it's Jared Goff. I think he rises to the occasion. I would love to give this award to Andrew Whitworth, who I think right. if the Rams win this game, if Jared Goff has a great game, it's because he had an awesome game too. Uh, if only offensive tackles could win Super Bowl MVP. But we have come to the end, Rich. Thanks so much for joining me, helping me break down this game. I think we broke down just about every possible angle you could, and we made it this whole time without talking about Nikel Roby's comments against Tom Brady. So that's a, that's a win in itself. <laughs> it is. How many days left of the game? It's like seven or eight, right? I, I don't know. It feels like it's a month away still. But uh, <laughs> thanks again for listening, everyone. You can follow all of our coverage still leading up for the next few days until the Super Bowl. We'll be here in Atlanta drinking a lot of coffee and uh, trying to trying to keep ourselves conscious until Sunday. But until then, this is Inside the Rams. Thanks for listening. <laughs>